0: This podcast is brought to you by the City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter.
1: This is a tremendous story, um, and it just it shows us how special moms are that we have such a connection with our moms and we're just celebrating all of the moms this morning let's get all the moms to stand up today we just want to honor you today all the moms come on on, up on your feet love all of you. And and sometimes we know that actually Mother's Day might be a little bit difficult for some. We're we're celebrating some moms that are in heaven. And then some moms have have lost some children and different things like that. And then we've got some solo moms who are going it alone and different things. And so we just honor all of you today. I honor my mom today. She's actually not here. She's uh, preaching at True North Church this morning, the church we planted about eight years ago. She's she's there with my sister um, talking about motherhood and I will see her at lunch. But we just want to honor you today and just have a little time of celebration. And that's why my awesome wife, who is a wonderful mother, is going to be doing most of the speaking this morning, even though she thinks I'm going to be doing a lot. But uh, we just wanted to share a little bit about motherhood this morning and uh, just to bless you all. Before we get into that, I just wanted to let you know uh, you actually won an award this week and you didn't even know when you were at home. And uh, we went to Eden Food Bank this week. They have their annual breakfast. And you guys won a community partner award with Eden Food Bank. Uh, For our constant support of the food bank here in Western Mississauga, that we have our bin there in the lobby, and then we give financially to them every month as a church. And so I just wanted to thank you on behalf of Eden Food Bank. So way to go, church. Great job. (laughs) And then also, I just wanted to make mention of one more thing. Um, We we mentioned uh, the earthquake last week, but also Samaritan's Purse is responding in Fort McMurray. As I mentioned that we as a church, we support Samaritan's Purse uh, for these reasons, so they can be one of the first responders in disaster relief. And so they are actually formulating a team to send up there to Fort McMurray. So your giving will be a part of assisting those people uh, there who have suffered through the fires and, and lost homes and different things like that. So so great to have my wife beside (laughs) me today and then if she wants you know she every time when I when I explain things about her sometimes she's like I just need the microphone to clear up these misconceptions we don't have enough time (laughs) (laughs) so maybe we'll just talk about other things I think we should okay good idea so go ahead babe um
0: thank you for letting me be up here with you this morning it's a privilege and I'm excited it's going to be a lot of fun this morning um I enjoy being a mom, so I'm fully embracing the Mother's Day celebration today. And I know we're all at at different places and, as Mrs. Coulter says, different seasons. But I I believe that there is something for all of us today. Moms, students, uh, people that have just got married, uh, newlyweds, uh, empty nesters. There's something for all of us today. So my prayer is just that everyone has eyes to see And ears to hear and your hearts are just open to receive. Uh, That's all we ask today. Um, And I just want to celebrate all the moms. And I have a little quote that I found. I do like quotes. I know sometimes it's cheesy quotes. But this is a really good quote. Um, I read this this week and I just thought, this is fantastic. So I'm going to read it for you. The noblest calling in the world is that of a mother. True motherhood is the most beautiful of all arts the greatest of all professions she who can paint a masterpiece or who can write a book that will influence millions deserves the plaudits and admiration of mankind but she who rears successfully a family of healthy beautiful sons and daughters whose immortal souls will be exerting an influence that's the key word this morning Throughout the ages, long after paintings have faded and books and statues have been destroyed, deserves the highest honor that man can give. And I truly believe that. I have Kleenex ready to go. It is. We will get through it, guys. Um, I think that that is very, very true. God, of course, has a lot to say about being a mother and a parent, and we're going to talk about that. I just want to share a little anecdote today I want you to understand, some of you have been around a while, um, I feel very put together today, for the most part. I feel, I feel uh, you know, I'm, I'm dressed, you I have awesome. showered, thanks, so do you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but there have been times in my life, and I just want, I want real talk today. Who in here likes real talk? Real talk at church is a good thing, <laughs> um, that I have not felt. This pulled together. I have not showered. (laughs) I probably have not eaten, and there's probably poo on my shirt, uh, and definitely on my child and other things. Not recently. Not recently. Not for a little while. But but there were times. (laughs) Sorry, guys. This is, I would love to spare you this humiliation, but you know, it's just a little bit of payback.
1: Um,
0: (laughs) I remember, uh, I think it was when Avery was born. I put on 70 pounds. I enjoyed being pregnant. You know what I'm saying? Like I was sick the first three months, like sick. And so when I could finally keep food down, I was like, bring on the burritos. And I think that was the like, I loved burritos. It was weird. Avery is like three quarters burrito. (laughs) Not kidding. (laughs) And I just ate and ate. Well, anyway, that being said, after I, I, my mom was tiny when she was pregnant with me. She had just like, you know, ladies, you know who you are. You had like the (laughs) bump and everything. That was not me. And I thought that would be me because that was my mom. That was not me. And uh, after I gave birth to Avery, yeah, it didn't come off, like right away. And, you know, it's a little discouraging. I remember months, real talk, months, where I was still wearing maternity clothes. Months, all right, not weeks. And I remember when I finally felt like I could graduate out of the maternity clothes, I was wearing Brent's pants (laughs)
1: because
0: my jeans did not fit. All right, so solidarity, ladies, all right? (laughs) Except for those of you who, like, kind of don't like you. (gasps) No, I love you. It's all good. Um, I remember Avery. Avery, I don't know, honey. You're my first, you know. I have stories about Paris, too. I'll try to keep it balanced. But uh, Avery, you know when they're born, you think you see little glimpses of their personality, but they're babies. They're just, you know, they're just juicy little... Precious, bitch, but you're not sure. They're crying. They all cry. So you're not really sure if you're seeing like this is what they're going to be like when they're older. Funny thing, now that they're older, I, it's like yes, it was there. I just you know, it, Avery would not sleep. She would not nap. As a, as a baby, she did not want to nap.
1: She would talk a
0: lot. She would talk. I don't know where she gets it from. Must be you. <laughs> and and she would like literally people she would not nap moms think about that first you're not sleeping at night and then they're not sleeping during the day either
1: she was the only child in jk that wouldn't nap and yeah, she, the, she had oh, to sit by the teacher, teacher yeah because she was busy talking and she, everyone else was trying to nap and she wanted to but talk she won over. the teacher
0: over because they'd have these little conversations oh my goodness anyway so i remember probably wearing your pants Not showered Probably haven't eaten Driving Avery I know you're not supposed to Okay But this is real talk Putting Avery in the car seat And driving around In the car Because it was the only thing That would get her to go to sleep I did it for two years (laughs) Real talk Yeah I read the books Don't judge me (laughs) She just is at me I'm popping That's okay I'm on fire And then, uh, you know, Paris, my little Paris, was very different than her sister. Remember, you you see it when they're baby, but you're not sure. Now it makes sense. Uh, Paris was quiet. Paris liked naps. She, She would play by herself, second child, right? She didn't necessarily need me to entertain her. I remember thinking I was doing something wrong. Because she would sit and she would sit with those little, you know, hard books and read them and, and uh, she didn't even look over at me for interaction. And I really thought, you know, okay. And now I realize that's just her personality. That's just the way different. And uh, I remember, uh, I, you know, you know how you have all these goals when you're a new parent. I'm not going to let my kids watch TV. I'm never going to put them in for, well, right. You know, I remember a- Avery for a long time. We were pretty good about it. There was Barney, lots of Barney. And I remember when Paris came along. Sitting her in the high chair, you know, trying to get Avery ready for school. My girls are four years apart, so I, I you know, I was blessed in that sense that there was a little buffer. But uh, I remember having to stick Paris in the high chair and flicking on the TV to entertain her while she was eating because I had to get Avery ready for school. You do what you have to do, and I remember having such guilt, such guilt. By the way, I, I'm thinking of Jessica, what Jessica was saying. Jessica, wherever you are in here, you are beautiful and brave. That was fantastic. Is Thank you for sharing your heart. She was, she was talking about mom guilt. Man, that's a, that is a real thing. Anyway, I, just, I, I want you all to know that, that just because you see this and you see my kids sitting in the front row no. mostly being good, mostly. mostly, that was not our behind the scenes. All right, there and there was a whole lot of other stuff. I actually wanted to put a picture on the screen, but I I just couldn't do it to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I will next year, but uh, no, motherhood is a journey.
1: See, you thought you needed me up here. Actually, I could. No, 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 no. I
0: want you. I want you. (laughs) As Nicole mentioned,
1: yeah, she referenced the word influence, and that's basically what we're discussing today. And obviously mothers are the most, one of the most influential people in our lives. And really God has placed influence in all of our hands, a measure of influence. And uh, we are stewards of that influence um, throughout our lives, that God has uh, put a sphere of influence people around us, whether it's in the home or at school or at work, that we can be influential as Christ followers. And we're just going to look at a story today. We're just going to, I'm going to make mention of someone in the Old Testament uh, from the book of Esther. ...that um, the book of Esther basically dis- discusses um, the king of Persia and how he had um, a fight with his wife, uh, Queen Vashti. And he asked her to come to a certain place and then she didn't show up and then he kind of had a midlife crisis and said, I need a new queen. And so he got rid of Vashti and basically went um, to his large territory, which was basically from Ethiopia to India... And he asked all of the leaders of all of those regions to bring their uh, prettiest young women. And he was going to choose from all of these young women his new bride. So it was kind of like Old Testament bachelor. And, uh, <laughs> and so all of these women came and they, were, uh, they, they would spend a year preparing uh, to meet the king of Persia. And he was going to choose. Don't be angry. It's your it's- long spa. <laughs> it's true but this is this is not a biblical thing of what you should do <laughs> the king of Persia, Fine. and so anyway he they would take all of these young women and for six months they would have a certain beautification process and then a, another six months with perfumes and skin treatments and all this stuff before they actually met the king so like yeah like a year-long spa and then um the one uh, young girl that caught uh, the king's eye was esther and she was a young jewish girl that had been uh, taken into captivity and she was an orphan girl and part of her family had um, taken over her sort of raising mordecai and um, so she became queen and then there was another bad guy in the story his name was haman and he had plotted to kill all of the jews Um, but queen had this place she uh, queen esther she had this place she had this position of authority but she didn't just decide just to be queen, sit on the throne and do nothing and to look beautiful. The scripture says she was beautiful, that she actually used her influence to save all of her countrymen. So the story that we're looking at today just is a story of influence that God has given us all influence, um, wives and husbands and parents and uh co-workers and leaders all of us have a measure of influence and just one scripture we're going to read here from the book of Esther Uh, Esther 4 verse 14 says this if you keep quiet at this time like this deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place but you and your relatives will die who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this And that's really what we want to talk about today, regardless of where you are at in this season of your life. You know, Nicole is discussing mothers and there's all of those seasons of motherhood, you know, from those early years to, you know, toddlers to sending them off to school to teenage years to university and college to becoming an empty nester. So there's all of those seasons of life. And we have a measure of influence at all of those seasons. And we've always said, you know, when it comes to parenting, you know, you kind of have two dials uh, as it relates to parenting. You have a control dial and you have an influence dial. Now, when they are young, you have uh, your, your control dial turned up to 10 and your influence is dialed way down. And then the more and more as they grow older and you send them off and they learn and do things on their own, you're dialing down your control and you're dialing up the influence of your relationship. And then as they go to leave home and, and and uh they move off and out of your out of your control, you have zero control, but you wanna have still ten on the influence meter. In other words, you want to have built a relationship with your children so you can still uh be an influence in their lives and an influence with your grandchildren. So that's really what we want to discuss today as it relates to influence. So uh, Queen Esther, she moved just beyond the title of queen or dad or mom to this idea of influence, not just depending on your title, but depending on the relationship of influence.
0: I mean, Esther, she, she could have used her power and her wealth for anything. She could have, essentially, she could have used that power and wealth to... In a sense, she had a great place with the king. She could have almost demanded that he do something for her people. But you understand, that would have created civil war. So she was, she was wise. Mm-hmm. And instead, she used her power uh, for influence. She, she had a position of power, and she chose to use her influence. And like Pastor Brent was saying, wherever you are in your life right now, regardless of your age and your season, you have been given some influence, and yeah. God wants you to capitalize on what you've been given. And I think it's, it's essential. Um, I was just thinking, you know, it's what Pastor Brent's talking about. It's in a sense with, you know, I can only speak about being a mother or parent, but it's, it's really an unselfish thing you're doing because when they do get older and you have that influence dial turned up and the control dial turned down a little bit, you could be all power still. You could, try be, okay, to be you could try to be, but it's, it's, you're going to be met with resistance. And I just don't think that that's—God wants you to be—he's he's always talking to you. He's always giving you ideas and leading you. He wants you to be sensitive to how to speak to your children, how to deal with situations. And I think that, that that's the influence as a parent that you've been given, and it's, it's important that we know how to use it. Um, you have to fight— to keep your influence versus allowing your situation to dominate you. And I actually, I actually know a lot about this. And, and any uh, mom knows a lot about this. I think when you are a new mom, at least for me, I can only speak for myself again, but I think there's kind of a fight or flight thing that happens. And you find out a lot about yourself <laughs> when you are a new parent and a new father. Um, I think you discover that you are really impatient. I think you discover that you were a lot more independent than you thought you were. Selfish. Selfish. I think, and I I don't know if some of you would agree with me, but I personally think that becoming a mom breaks you. And I don't mean breaks you in a bad way. I mean it, it breaks you... And there's a, another quote, indulge me. But there's a quote out there that says, when you become a mother, it's, it's you're wearing your heart outside of your body for the first time. That is so true. It's, it's, a, it's a newfound sort of brokenness, a, a giving up of yourself. But I believe having a child, it's like it's, it's filled with this person and this responsibility and this joy. And it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. And I think that that, that makes you into something far greater Than you were before and I think fight or flight I was pleasantly surprised to find out that I was fighter and my husband would probably say (laughs) that he knew I was a fighter but you know when you're a new parent it's very it's hard to not let the overwhelming nature of being a new mom or a new father to wash over you and just to kind of you could sort of give up and I don't mean you'd put that child in harm's way, but you sort of, you just, ugh, the weight of it, the, you know, the responsibility of it. it you could let that come on you, and you could actually, it, it could actually follow you for years of your parenting. And, and I think we all know the one who really suffers then is the child. And so I was, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. There were days I had bad days, bad days. You know, and I remember thinking I I feel this on me, I feel it. It's heavy. This is overwhelming. I'm not equipped. There aren't enough books. You know, um uh you know, Avery, my first child, she she was a strong willed kid. I remember was, just, she was one. she was. <laughs> I don't know if I have what it takes. I'll be honest and uh, I think you find out a lot about yourself and I think it's important that whatever season you're in, even if you've moved out of that baby stage and you're in teenage stage, or that, that you still need to fight and, and not, not be overwhelmed by the nature of being a parent and remember that you have an influence and it's essential that you don't give up.
1: Yeah. And one of the other things too... <clears throat> Today, especially when it comes to social media, that comparison becomes really difficult for us because we can see everybody other, everybody else's lives and what they're doing, you know, and we see their beautifully crafted Instagram <laughs> posts, and their lives look so much more together um, than than ours, you know. And sometimes we compare our uh, behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel, oh, and we fine. think everybody else is a better parent than me, and look at their kids and how nicely dressed they are, and look at look at what they're eating for dinner and like i'm gonna <laughs> like what we didn't even cook tonight and you know we're, we're ordering takeout and you know and so comparison uh, one pastor said and i think it's so true that comparison is a killer of contentment yeah that if we are constantly comparing ourselves man we will just not live a happy life and then we will give up on our influence because we think man i'm not like them i'm not as good as them i'm I'm not as sharp as them, so we kind of give up on ourselves. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, uh, not that we dare classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding and so it's not wise for us to be constantly uh, measuring our parenting or our influence with our children looking at social media and because we will always end up putting ourselves down yeah. and then we just sort of lose out we lose out with the influence that's uh, presently you know in our hands
0: yeah i i was just talking about this with someone other than pastor brent the other day and i was just i keep thinking about it i mean th- Really, our generation and the generations younger than us are. It's this is the first time this is new. Social media, the influence yeah. that it's having on us and, and the generations younger, it's, it's intense. Yeah. Um, and I don't even think we've begun to understand uh, just how that's changing us. And listen, I think it's fantastic. I, I enjoy being on my phone. I have Facebook. I have Instagram. The girls have me on Snapchat. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we waste so much time on Snapchat. It's so much fun, though. You know, I mean, I, I get it. I enjoy it. It's, it's meant to be fun. But I don't think God ever intended us to focus on some of these things. I think it can be a trap. I think it can paralyze us. Into the trap of comparison, and we never find a way out, or we never see the simple things in our lives or, or be happy with what we are getting right and uh, I just think that, yeah, I think you have to be careful, um, enjoy it just like anything it 's meant to be enjoyed it 's fun but but just be knowledgeable if, if you 're seeing someone with the organic dinner with the perfectly clothed children and Listen, they're showing you what they want you to see. It's crafted. It's crafted. Gluten free, right?
1: sugar free, ah, wheat free, vegan.
0: Like you know, and, I, and here's
1: McDonald's, kids. That's
0: fine. <laughs> that's fine. But but you know, that's not their Snapchat, for example. You know what I mean? And if we're being... Snapchat is a lot more candid. Um, I don't know. I just I think um, you mentioned Heyman. I think there are a lot of Haman's enemies yeah. uh, in our life. I think Haman's role was he stirred the pot, right? He, he had an agenda, and I think that there is an enemy, and I think there are the little enemies in our lives that absolutely have an agenda for you and your children. And I think you need to constantly be aware of that. And I think most of us are. It's kind of hard not to be in the world we're living in, that there is um, there is absolutely another plan for your family and your children. And Haman uh, is uh, subtle, can be subtle. It can be the social media thing. It can be comparison. It can be uh, lots of other things. Thinking
1: that everybody else has it better than you. Yeah.
0: yeah you know, the car, the clothes, the whatever. Yeah, I mean, God's God's standard for
1: us is never someone else's social media feed. That God, um, once again, if we get focused on all of that, we lose out on our now. And that's kind of our next point, just being committed to our now, that we can always be longing for another season, whether it's the past or whether it's, I uh, wish my kids were younger and or older. You know, I wish, I wish I was older or younger. I wish I was all these different things, never. married or not married or, you know, I, all, all these different things. And when, when, we, when we get going in that direction, we're never committed to our today. And God wants us to be committed to our todays. And this is where our influence comes in, that realizing every day there's something in our hand as, when it, as it relates to our children, as it relates to uh, whatever context that we're living in, that we have to be committed to our now.
0: Um, we, were, we were putting this together the other day, and we were just sharing back and forth. And uh, I was just thinking, you know, the Haman for each season of life is, is going to look different. For example... For, for students out there, for young people. Um, I'm pretty far removed from your season of life now, but I do remember, and I'm seeing it now with my own girls, that I think the tendency would be, you have one foot in the future. When I am done with this class, when I'm done at this school, when I have graduated, when I finally find the girl, when I finally meet the guy, when I'm married, when we get the house, when we have the baby. And it's always what's ahead, what's ahead, what's ahead, and you're on that hamster wheel. And I think that, that when you're an empty nester, which I'm seeing with my own mom, uh, it's, it's kind of you've got a foot sometimes in the past. You know, oh, when they were little. Oh, when they used to let me read to them. Oh, when they were in the house and we were all together at Christmas. And you can get stuck there. And, and it's fine to reminisce. Listen, I'm a very sentimental, nostalgic person, Brent knows, but you don't want to get stuck there because you have an influence right now that you might be sacrificing because you are kind of indulging yourself in that moment. And, and, and I've been there. I've been there. And it's, uh, it's just good to be aware that that can kind of come on you and you can wear it.
1: Right couple verses i'm just going to read here luke chapter 9 verse 62 jesus said to him no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of god and then romans chapter 6 verse 13 part b it says present yourselves to god as those who have been uh, brought from death to life and your members to god as instruments for righteousness so part what What we need to realize when we realize what influence is in our hands that we are submitting ourselves to God We're realizing the influence that we can exert on others Actually makes a difference in the lives of others specific to our children That it's and my dad would say it like this that parenting is a hassle (laughs) It's and it's constant Every day they're there and like every day they want to be fed and like you know like saying I got get a break or something, and every day they want to be driven somewhere, and every day this, and every day that, and and you know it, it's a hassle. But you have to choose to yes. not give into it. You have to choose, choose to lead in the context yeah. of that the constant nature of parenting. Um, you know, somebody said that uh, life is ninety percent uh, or sorry, ten percent what happens to you, and ninety percent how you respond. Uh, and so our, our response in those times of life where parenting seems really hard, or you want to give up your hands or you want to quit or something, those are the times that we need to step up yeah. and be committed to the moment and be committed to our families in that moment and be committed to our children to be the best parent that I can be today, even when it's hard, even when you feel like crying, even when you feel like, you know, giving up.
0: You're giving them their best chance, you understand? Like, right. it, it's, that's the unselfish part. Right. When you could choose... To do something else, you are choosing what 's maybe a little tougher in the moment. Um, I, I think that choices over feelings is, is really key, because feelings are always going to come with, with everything in life. And, and God created feelings. It's, it's listen, I 'm a crier. My family knows, I'm my, my, my heart, man. I just, I cry at commercials. I'm back there crying, Jessica, oh my gosh, didn't think I could come out. Had to pull myself together. I cry during worship. I cry all the time, you know. It's okay to to have a soft heart. It's okay to feel things. But when things get hard and someone else is relying on you to step up, that you're the one, oh, right, it's me now. I'm not the kid anymore. I'm the one giving someone else their best chance. It's good. It's a choice over a feeling. There were a lot of days, listen, that I wanted to stay ticked off at the world. Do you understand? I was tired. So tired. Going Amer- to sleep. American, <laughs>
1: Americans can get really ticked off, too. Well, whatever.
0: <laughs> I remember thinking, you know, Brent would come home and I'd just be thinking, you know, I know, I know I need to just chill. I know it's been a long day. I'm really, really tired. And uh, I haven't even looked in the mirror and I don't even care. I don't care. And and I just remember thinking, I just want to feel the full spectrum of human emotions right now. (laughs) Just let me have it. Here's the baby. Let me have it. And and listen, yes, I've been there, but you don't want to stay there. You don't want to make that your identity as a mom or as a parent. Because again, that's in the long run. Your kids are watching you, and you're going to pass on your your stuff, mm-hmm. right? The seen and the unseen, if you aren't making a choice, you could pass on your fears. That's a terrifying thought in and of itself, no pun intended. You don't want to pass your fears on to your kids. You could pass on your worry. You could pass on your tendency to overreact. You want to pass on... You want to constantly be renewing your mind and making the choice to be something whether you have to put it on in the moment or not. You want to pass that on to your children.
1: Yeah, you can't make your parenting about you.
0: You can't. To make
1: it about your kids. It's,
0: it really is a very, it's a huge wake-up call yeah. to become a parent, uh, to, to uh, unselfishly change the whole direction of your thinking after you've done it a certain way. Up until that point in your whole life. Yeah.
1: Do you want to finish that first? Sure. Of stuff, yeah.
0: Um, uh, one of the big things, I remember when, uh, I think it was Paris, she was starting grade school. And the principal of the school, We, you, know, all, you, you bring your little, they're so cute. You take them all to the school. And the principal had all of us moms or dads, whoever had our kids, he said, I want you to write down on a piece of paper your wish for your child. And, uh, well, yeah no problem. <laughs> Where do I even begin? That, that, you know, I keep them alive, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that they don't grow up to be a jerk. I don't know. I, I guess I need to aim a little higher than that. So the, the first thing that came to me in that moment was my prayer for my child is that they, okay, all right, is that they fulfill their potential fulfilled. And it's not every parent's, that's just what you want. You want them to fulfill their full potential and to not back away from that ever. And what I didn't write, which I'm telling you now, is that I wanted them to be socially responsible and I wanted them to be good people, but I wanted them to grow up to be spiritually significant. And that's a battle. And, and it's good to be a good person, but to be a good person and then to grow up not making God a part of your life is, is a horrible waste. And it's, it's, it would be a horrible thing to, to ever happen to your children, that, is, that, that would be, you know, you'd look back, talk about regret. And uh, that's what I wrote and, and now she's graduated out of that school and she's gonna be starting grade eight next year, the time flies by so fast. Um, I think it's just important to be present I'm going to use that. I think it's important to take moments. You know, when you're changing their diaper and you're singing to them or you're driving around somewhere in the car and my family makes fun of me. They make fun of me when we're watching. They're they're smiling at me. When we're watching movies, I'll start talking and say, no, they're right there. You are never. (laughs) You are, look at me, you are never doing that. Do you understand? Fast forward it. (laughs) Do you see me You are never You will never I will come and find
1: you It takes about four hours To watch every movie I will kill like, you. you gotta pause Mom's gotta give a speech I will pray here. for
0: a creative miracle And bring you back from the dead I will kill you again We will do it again And then you will learn a lesson I mean I always do Okay you know what That That is not the boy If you ever meet a boy like that You turn around And you, I'm serious I will find him And I will find you And you should be scared you know you think you need to be scared of your dad no he's he's the least of your worries. <laughs> but you know it's taking moments little moments sometimes you don't feel like it. I don't always feel like you know Avery and I are a lot alike. so when we argue, it's like arguing with myself, and she's my size, so it's like I'm looking at this person and I'm looking at her, and we're fighting them like. Dear God, it's like we're never going to get anywhere. We're going to be here for eternity because we're exactly the same. (laughs) And, uh, you know, but sometimes in those moments, and I know she probably feels the same way. You don't want to do it. You just want to walk in the other room and go on Instagram or go make dinner. But then you think to yourself, no, this is a teachable moment. And if I don't make myself do it, even though I know it's going to be 20 minutes later that we get anywhere with it, I know I've let that moment go, and I don't want to let it go. It's, it's a hundred, it's a million different moments, and, and there's this isn't like a, a a condemnation thing. Do you understand? This is just, take you know yourself, you know your child. It's an organic thing. Just take the moments as you see them and as you find them. And I just think that that, that, is your influence, and it's as a mom as a parent it's significant it's not small you at home with kids or with teenagers it's everything it's everything Uh, we have a great great youth group here at the church we have a great church we have a fantastic children's department but what you are doing and putting that me sorry into your kids at home is way more important than what they're getting at church. I mean, I cannot stress that enough. You, you can't, a real talk, okay? You all love me, right? You can't be one way here and then go home and be a different way and think that your kids are going to want to serve God when they're 20 years old. All right, you cannot do it. You still love me? Sorry.
1: <laughs> Just don't move your
0: head. <laughs> I won't move. It's hard for me to talk and not move but you can't. You, you have to be consistent. You have to understand that your kids see through it. Kids, kids know. And uh, you, you have to love them enough to, maybe I should, you have to love them enough to uh, work on yourself and to put the time in. And uh, you, you can't give out of an empty vessel, right? Right. So if you're one way here and then you're at home and you're never taking the time to build yourself up and you're just letting whatever come out, it just doesn't work that way.
1: How many of you think Nicole should speak more often?
0: Maybe about this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, just like what we were talking about, the enemy ultimately wants our lives just to be ineffective, just caught up. Um, you know, not thinking we have any influence, caught up in compar- comparison, caught up in the past, caught up in the future, and our nows are very important. And that's really what we've been trying to get across today, and just know as we um, were talking about Esther, that Jesus is the ultimate Esther, that... Um, Esther used her place of influence to save other people and it's the same way with Jesus that he died for us that he sacrificed himself on the cross so that we could have new life in God new life in Christ and so if you're here this morning you have never taken a-
0: thanks for listening if you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you please email info at the